0: Gentlemen, Rob port here on 970 WDAY AM 93.1 FM. Nolan, good afternoon. How are you? I'm good. How are you, sir? I'm not doing too bad. I, uh, you know, I, it's, the uh, 2018 races are starting to heat up a little bit. Yep. And uh, we've got some candidates in the race. Uh, we got one, uh, one in the Senate race for Republicans challenging uh, incumbent Senator Heidi Heitkamp. Uh, Who herself, I guess, officially has not said she's running yet, but she's raised three million, like three million bucks or something like that for her re-election campaign. So I think it's pretty safe to say she's running. Um, State Senator Tom Campbell running there and uh, former state lawmaker Ben Hansen running against incumbent uh, Kevin Kramer in the U.S. House race. Uh, Although Kramer telling me last week he hasn't announced that he's running yet uh, for the U.S. House either. Uh, Many thinking he may jump into that Senate, Senate race against Heidi Heitkamp, but we don't know yet. I I've made it pretty clear. I'm not real. I'm not real inspired by either of the candidates, Campbell or Hanson. I mean, Hanson came in fourth place in his own legislative district last year. I mean, he was the fourth place vote getter. Couldn't get reelected to the legislature. Now he's going to win on the statewide ballot. That seems unlikely. Whoever his Republican candidate ends up being uh, as for as for Senator Campbell. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, he's He's got a lot of money. You know, he could certainly self-fund his campaign. He's very serious about this but I I don't know when I when I talk to sort of people in Republican circles in North Dakota they describe him as an office seeker meaning he's just sort of looking for the status of being a U.S senator he's not really driven by a desire for public service he's he's a status seeker that rings true to me and also I'm not sure he's capable of of running a, a very tight campaign uh, you know for one thing he comes out announcing his campaign, he's saying, you know, that Heidi Heitkamp is some great enemy of President Donald Trump's agenda, and that's demonstrably untrue. As a matter of fact, Heidi Heitkamp has not been an enemy. In in many ways, she's probably been, uh, at least among the Democratic ranks in the U.S. Senate, among the most reliable allies of President Donald Trump, so much so that she's made the left wing of her own party unhappy. She got booed at a Democratic organizing event earlier this year. She already has a primary challenger who, among other things, is citing her support for President Trump's appointees as a reason for primarying her. Now, I don't think that a primary against Heidi Heitkamp is going to be successful. But the point is, the idea that Heidi Heitkamp's been some great left-wing monster ogre of of an opponent to Donald Trump is simply not true. And now today, I I think it's funny that that Campbell is is branding himself as a quote-unquote outsider candidate. Right. Have you heard that, Nolan? I, I don't know if you've been following it, but, but Campbell, he's describing himself as a conservative farmer and an outsider. Yeah. Yeah, I have heard that. Right. That's very popular in, in North Dakota politics. And obviously sort of aping what Doug Burgum did last year successfully, yep. uh, you know, casting himself as an outsider and the status quo in Bismarck as as the quote unquote good old boys club, among other terms. Right. Yeah. So Campbell is 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 trying to do the same thing. But the problem with Campbell, I mean, Burgum did it as somebody who had never held elected office before, right? He was a businessman, uh, and cast himself as an outsider. And I guess you could kind of, you know, throw a little mud at him. And I did, uh, because certainly he's been very involved in politics, but he's never held elected office before. So he's an outsider. It worked beautifully. He won the Republican primary in a landslide, won the general election in a landslide. People, that message resonated with people. But now Tom Campbell's trying to do the same thing. And it's making me laugh a little bit because he's calling himself an outsider. He is literally an elected member of the good old boys club. He's been a state Senator in Bismarck for going on six years. Now he's halfway through his second term. And not only is he an elected member of the good old boys club, but just before the show, he sends out a press release touting 34 legislative endorsements, right? 34 lawmakers from all over the state who are endorsing his candidacy for the U S Senate. Now I don't, I don't know how much stock to put in these legislative endorsements. They're sort of de-rigger in, in North Dakota politics. Uh, I don't know that they really sway things one way or the other. Uh, you know, certainly, you know, for instance, last cycle, Attorney General Wayne Stenjum had a whole laundry list of lawmakers who endorsed him in the gubernatorial primary against Doug Burgum. And guess who won that? Doug Burgum, not Wayne Stenjum. So I don't know that having the lawmakers on your side is necessarily a good thing. But again, getting back to the outsider thing, you have Tom Campbell... Calling himself a conservative outsider while touting 34 endorsements from the Good Old Boys Club, while himself being elected member of the Good Old Boys Club. I'm wondering it, how it prevalent that message will no be. No sense though. at all. I, I wonder how how many people will adopt what Burgum did in his in his governor campaign to like Campbell. I mean, do you think that's going to be a trend that we're going to see in the future? It's probably going it to be a lot. I, I think so too. I mean, it's it's right, just but, a, but but but. In the, But in order to do it, I mean, I I mean, you can't I mean, listen, I could I could, you know, I I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of things I could describe myself as right. I mean, I could you know, I could call myself a professional baseball player, but nobody's ever paid me to play baseball. Nobody's nobody's ever going to pay me to play baseball because I suck at baseball. I'm not an athlete. Tom Campbell is not an outsider. Tom Campbell is an elected member of the legislature, has been for the better part of a decade. Like you, you can't call yourself an outsider in North Dakota politics if you're not an outsider. Now, I, I think Doug Burgum had some credibility to call himself. I threw some mud at him, at him for calling himself an outsider because he has been very involved. You know, he's given a lot of money in North Dakota politics over the years, and he's been pretty involved in that. But people bought it. I, I think people are going to have a hard time buying Tom Campbell saying, "I'm an outsider," when you're elected, when you're you're an elected member of the legislature. Well, you can almost see through the day. I'm an really. outsider. Right. You're not an outsider. So so don't call yourself an outsider if you're not an outsider. And, and listen, don't get me wrong. I don't hold Senator Campbell's position in the legislature against him. I, I don't. It doesn't really bother me one way or the other. I think I think if anything, I, I kind of like that he's held lower office. He's got a voting record. We can go and we can look at how he's voted on various issues and we can use that as a measuring stick and try to predict how he might do in the United States Senate. The guy's got a record. I think that's a good thing. We can measure that record and we can decide, you know, as individual voters, how we feel about that. It's not necessarily a bad thing. I'm just saying, don't call yourself an outsider if you're not an outsider. And and here's the thing for Republicans, right? Because what Republicans need to do is they've got to solve the Heidi Heitkamp problem, right? They they got to figure out how do we beat Heidi Heitkamp, who is about as, as, as skilled and aggressive and competent a campaigner as North Dakota has ever produced. She's very, very good at this game. And so if I were Republicans right now, I would look at Tom Campbell's messaging already, just just in the early days of his campaign, and it's completely befuddled, right? So so if I'm a Republican and I'm looking for somebody, who can beat Heidi Heitkamp? Who can go out there and deploy a campaign message that is going to resonate with voters and that is going to be very difficult for Heidi Heitkamp to rebut? Because she's got a ton of money in the bank already. And she is going to campaign. I mean, we saw how vicious that 2012 campaign got when she first won election to the United States Senate. She is a vicious campaigner. She will pull out the knives. It's going to be a knife fight for whoever goes up against her. And is Tom Campbell ready for it when already his campaign is is befuddled? I'm not so sure. If I were Republicans, I'd wait for some other options to get in the race. Love to hear what you think. 701 Email talk at wday.com. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. back rob report on 970 wday am and 90 fight for the rare senator campbell's campaign messaging but uh I, I guess that's just what happened um a listener asks uh you should try to find out how many legislators campbell called for endorsements and said no that would be interesting uh, i don't know who would tell you but i think i just think it would be interesting yeah i mean that's that's a good point. I, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. And, and again, you know, the, the, the ultimately the legislators are going to line up behind whoever gets the party's endorsement. Um, you know, maybe, you know, maybe when, when you're going around and, and you're playing the the nomination game at the convention, having some lawmakers on your side can be beneficial. But, you know, it's not a game changer. Especially because I would fully expect Campbell to go to the primary anyway. I mean, I, I think, you know, starting with Kevin Kramer. Uh, going back to the 2012 election cycle, you know, the, the idea that, that the convention picks the nominees for the parties anymore is is just not how it works. You know, Kramer went to the primary and won, despite somebody else winning at the convention. Doug Burgum went to the primary and won, despite somebody else winning at the convention. I would fully expect Tom Campbell to do the same thing. That's his right if he wants to do it. Uh, you know, so... I don't know. I I don't know how, how influential lawmakers are in that process. Anymore. And again... You know, Campbell's got to tighten up his ship. And, and listen, I want Tom Campbell to be successful. I, I I don't think North Dakota, I don't think Heidi Heitkamp, who is admittedly pretty moderate, uh, but I don't think she serves North Dakota's interests as well as a Republican could. I, I, I just don't. I think, you know, especially because she's going to be a vote, you know, for Democratic leadership in the United States Senate. Right? I mean, she's a vote for Chuck Schumer. As as you know, a, a leader in, in in the Senate, and, and Chuck Schumer certainly, I, I think, does not have a policy agenda that fits what North Dakota wants. I think Republicans generally have a policy agenda that's that's best for what North Dakota needs. And so Heidi Heitkamp ought to be replaced for that. Now that's my personal feeling. And I hope Republicans pick a candidate who can defeat Heidi Heitkamp. And if that's if, if if that's Tom Campbell, you know I, I hope so. Tom, tighten up the messaging. Uh, let's see, what else do we have on the agenda? Oh, now this is very for partners who are the folks behind the Dakota Access Pipeline. They have filed a federal lawsuit, wherein. They are accusing environmental groups, including Greenpeace International, Greenpeace Incorporated, Greenpeace Fund Incorporated, BankTrack, Earth First, and other organizations and individuals. Uh, They have filed a a 187-page complaint, which you can read in full at sayanythingblog.com. They have filed a complaint that alleges that this group of co-conspirators, and I'm quoting now from the, the release from Energy Transfer Partners, uh, quote, manufactured and disseminated materially false and misleading information about energy transfer and the Dakota Access Pipeline for the purpose of fraudulently inducing donations, interfering with pipeline construction activities, and damaging and and financial relationships. Uh, continuing uh, the complaint also alleges that the enterprise incited, funded, and facilitated crimes and acts of terrorism to further these objectives. Uh, it further alleges... Violated federal and state racketeering statutes, defamation, and tortious interference under North Dakota laws. The folks who organized the protests against the Dakota Access Pipeline are arguing that, or or, are being sued and accused for racketeering—you know, essentially organizing some sort of a criminal enterprise about that a little bit more we're going to take a break here 701-293-9000 888-970-9329 email talk at wday.com we'll be back right yeah. at so go away welcome back rob report on 970 wday am 93.1 fm had uh, some technical glitches there, but I think we got them worked out. We're uh, talking about this lawsuit that Energy Transfer Partners filed today, uh, or, or I guess they're in the process of filing. They announced it today anyway. Energy Transfer Partners, of course, is the company behind the Dakota Access Pipeline, and they're—I mean—they're I mean, they're coming out guns blazing. They're—they're uh, they're alleging, uh, and, and and again, I will read uh, from their press release uh, that. There was a misinformation campaign that quote aggressively targeted energy transfers, critical business relationships, um, and, and they're, they're essentially saying that that the um, a, a group of of organizations and sort of environmental activists, including groups like Greenpeace, um, that they violated federal and state racketeering statutes. They engaged in defamation. And and tortious interference under North Dakota law, uh, and also that they inspired acts of terrorism. So I mean, they're coming out guns blazing, and and honestly, I I think there's going to be a lot of people in North Dakota, particularly in South Central North Dakota, who are going to be cheering for this, because listen, uh, however you feel about a pipeline, and I'll be clear, I'm 100% in favor of people having all sorts of opinions about pipelines. And I have no problem with people wanting to go out and wave signs and engage in the sort of peaceful demonstration that is protected by the First Amendment for and against pipelines. I have no problem. If you, if, if, if it's your opinion that pipelines are the worst thing in the world and you want to go out and, and you want to protest and, and engage in other sorts of lawful political activism against pipelines, more power to you. I don't agree with you. I think you're wrong, but more power to you. A free country, that's how that works. But what happened with the Dakota Access Pipeline is we had violent extremists descend on south-central North Dakota. Now, not everybody who participated in the protests were extremists, but there was definitely a very large contingent within the protest movement, the no Dapple movement, that were extremists. And they showed up, and they trespassed, and they blocked highways, and they picked fights with law enforcement. They threw bombs. They set equipment on fire and generally behaved like a bunch of immature jackholes trying to block the pipeline. And I I think that's what this lawsuit, and I, I can't certainly speak on behalf of Energy Transfer Partners, but I think that's what they're trying to get a remedy for from the courts is this behavior. This sort of court, you know, they're saying these groups coordinated this behavior in order to damage our lawful business. Now, granted, this is this is tricky territory because, you know, if you could go out and, and you're allowed to be critical of a company, and it doesn't matter if it damages that company's reputation, right? I mean, obviously there's there's defamation and, and libel and slander and stuff like that. But generally, I mean, if, if, if you think that, you know, as long as you're not just lying – then you're allowed to be critical of, of a business. But what you're not allowed to do is go out and interfere interfere with lawful commerce. So you can't – well, you could be critical of, say, a retail store. You can't go to that store and block people from going in, right? I mean, we, we see that. I mean, that's that's been a very big part of, for instance – the pro-life demonstrations outside of abortion clinics. You are allowed to be critical of abortion clinics. You are allowed to protest abortion clinics. What you are not allowed to do is disrupt the business going on inside the abortion clinic. You're also not allowed to block people from going inside. That is illegal. And that's essentially what they were trying to do. With this pipeline. They were trying to block it. They were sending, you know, people down there to to, to harass the pipeline workers. To you know, chain themselves to. to uh, vandalized the construction equipment. I mean, all this stuff happened. And essentially what, what the pipe, what, what the pipeline company is saying, what Energy Transfer Partners is saying is, listen, these groups use these tactics knowingly. I mean, these weren't protests that just got out of way. These were designed tactics to come down and harass us and hurt our business. And now they want a remedy from the courts. Will they be successful? It's hard to say, but this isn't the only place where this is being tried. There is a Canadian timber company that is using U.S. racketeering law to go after Greenpeace as well. It's uh, Canada's Resolute Forest Products, and they have taken the extreme – and I'm, I'm reading here from a Bloomberg Businessweek uh, article. Uh, I quote, Resolute is taking the extreme step of suing Greenpeace in the U.S. for violating racketeer, uh, racketeer influence, and Corrupt Organizations Act – Uh, The suit filed last year and pending in federal court in San Francisco, home to Greenpeace's forest campaigners, uh, seeks to prove that the environmental group is akin to a mob syndicate. The company says it suffered a $100 million hit to its reputation. So this isn't a unique sort of lawsuit. I mean, this is something that's being tried, and, and frankly, it has merit. Now, I say that as somebody who is a staunch defender of the First Amendment. I believe everybody has their right to say and everybody has a right to protest, but I don't think you have a right to go out and damage lawful business, right? You don't have the right to interfere interfere with lawful industry. You don't have to like it. You can be critical of it, but you can't go out and you can't interfere it. You can't vandalize that. And and, and when you're seeing that, that sort of coordinated, uh, organized effort to do just those sort of things, maybe the racketeering statutes apply i don't know it's going to be interesting to see how this comes out but i i, I don't know that's that's my two cents what do you think 701 email talk at wday.com what do you think of this lawsuit is it a threat to free speech rights or is this justice love to hear from you 701 293 9000 email talk at wday.com because here's the thing The Dakota Access Pipeline was permitted. It was permitted by the state of North Dakota, as well as the other states that it goes through. It was permitted by the federal government. And and what's more, even as the protests were happening last year, there was a a legal battle taking place in the federal court system. And that legal battle, at, at any point, the judges presiding over it, both the district court judge and appeals court judges, could have stepped in and granted an injunction right if they had some concern that the law you know governing the construction of pipelines had been violated in some flagrant way even, even if they had an inkling that that could potentially be true they could have issued an injunction and stop construction on the pipeline they didn't because the judges felt that the law had substantially been complied with now there's been a development now that oil is flowing through the pipeline. There's been a development by uh, the judge feels that that perhaps uh, you know the US Army Corps of Engineers didn't get enough input from the tribe, and, and that's that is what it is. That's but my point is the legat, the, the pipeline was legal at any time. They the, 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 the pipeline company complied with court orders. They complied with state law. They complied with federal law. It was legal to build. And if there's organizations out there that are coordinating any illegal response to that, to interfere with that sort of lawful industry, then perhaps there should be legal consequences for that. Love to hear what you think. 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Chief. Rob report on 970 WDAY AM 93.1 FM tomorrow. Congressman Kevin Kramer uh, joins us for his weekly open phone segment. So if you have comments or questions for the congressman, you can certainly tune in. That'll be at one tomorrow. tomorrow. No, one, I don't know. What do you think of this list lawsuit? I, I, I am protective of, of first amendment rights, but also I, I don't think I, I don't, I don't know how we can do, you know, conduct industry or conduct commerce amid anarchy right I mean if, if somebody oh i I don't like that so I'm just gonna go out and burn your excavator like we can't that can't stand yeah I can't no i I agree with you I mean the the way you put it you know you can't go into somebody's business and bar them from doing that business I mean it's it's the same thing i I agree with you. I think that it's um, these people that were protesting the Dakota Access Pipeline. I think that it, it wasn't necessarily rightful. I mean, they're standing in the way of the business that was permitted to be done. Right, and I, and I trespassing. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah, they were, they were. They were not. They were on private land. They weren't allowed to be on. They were on like highways. They weren't allowed to be on. Uh, you can't do that. Exactly. I mean, I totally agree. I, I don't see uh, any other recourse, really. Right. And it's and it's not about whether or not you, you oppose or support the pipeline. And it's not about your environmental views or your oil views or, or whatever. It, 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 there's a right way to go about doing this. Right. And, and I look at the abortion. I am pro-life. All right. So I, I I'm a pro-life guy, um, but I don't support people blocking abortion clinics because like it or not. The law of the land right now is abortions legal. So you're not allowed to go in and disrupt the business going on in the abortion clinics. You're not allowed to harass the people outside of the abortion clinics. You're not allowed to block the way into the abortion clinics. That's how that goes. That's the law of the land. And and the same thing goes for pipelines. The law of the land allows pipelines to be built. You may not like it, but you gotta follow the law. Because if we're not if we're not following the law, then then it's anarchy. And if it's anarchy, that's not good for any of us. Bob's on the line. Go ahead, Bob, what's up?
1: Yeah, Rob, I, I, it's a great thing you brought up about this uh, lawsuit because finally, uh, hopefully, somebody's going to be held accountable for all that outrageous illegal activity that, that took over the whole region, actually, and it, it's, it's kind of a microcosm of what's, what's happening now and what's going to continue to happen. With all this uh, these quote-unquote protests, and counter-protests, and all this uh, angst that we have in the country right now, I, I'm trying to ignore it and just lump people across the board. And, you know, the, the news just focuses on all this garbage going on. And it's relatively few people that are getting paid um, to go out and do these things and disrupt right. communities. And as we've seen, it, it translates into people actually dying over this stuff it could have happened very easily well, during it, the dapple
0: uh it, it, right we're, we're very uh, lucky we're we're very lucky that nobody died during the dakota well i i guess somebody i mean we found somebody in the river who was apparently at the protest uh and, and months later we found him uh, in in the cannonball river this spring um so i don't know how that came to be but i i, I you're right i mean it, just in terms of the clash with clashes with police and everything else. We're very lucky that, that nobody was killed, and and I think a lot of that owes to the professionalism of of the men and women in law enforcement who showed up and, and did their jobs. Uh, excellent, uh, just just really really did a good job.
1: Um, but can I can I ask you a question, Rob? Sure, uh, go ahead. The was there a documentary or anything done as far as the squalor uh, that was in in the camps? In the camps and all that. Yeah. I mean, that, that really has to come out yeah. as far I mean, that, that was, that part was part of, of the, part I, of I, the I, uh, equation. Yeah.
0: There's a lot of documentaries that were sort of pro-no-dapple. Uh, there's some YouTube videos and some other stuff out there about it It's some reports about it, but I, I don't know sort of a comprehensive documentary. I'm, yeah. I'm not aware of one. If somebody out there okay. is, 701-293-9000, email talk at I'd like to know. Thanks for the call, Bob. Um yeah, I, I mean that's that's part of the problem. And, and listen, I, I think I think the press has a problem with this, is is sort of complicit in this, in, in in sort of enabling these sorts of tactics. Because I don't know how many times we would see some sort of a violent conf- confrontation instigated by the protesters themselves, right? They created the situation, and then cast themselves as victims, and the press just accepted that unquestioningly. Now I'm not I'm not asking the press to be on the side of the pipeline or anything like that. The press shouldn't be on anybody's side. But you you, you got to ask questions, right? And I I mean that was over and over again at these protests where the chosen narrative from the protesters and their PR teams, of which they had some enormous ones, their chosen narrative is the one that repeatedly got picked up by the press so they, they essentially got rewarded because these tactics work. These tactics worked and produced the exact sort of headlines that they wanted produced the exact sort of sympathy that they wanted and and when we reward that sort of behavior it's wrong it's wrong I, I, I don't care what side you are on when it comes to pipelines or oil development or whatever, you can't support people just showing up and lighting bulldozers on fire. Because if you do, then I guess you support pro-life protesters showing up and vandalizing abortion clinics. Now, I don't support either. I think both are wrong. Both are illegal. We can't allow that. Because if we allow that sort of thing in our society, then it's anarchy. And if it's anarchy, then none of us are safe. You you, you can't support this stuff. Just just because, ideologically, you happen to line up with The anti-pipeline protesters. You can't support the tactics because what they did was wrong. I hope this lawsuit's successful. I'm I'm interested in learning out more about it, but just just at the broad strokes of it, the, the the concept of it, I am for some of these groups being held accountable for what happened during the Dakota Access Pipeline protests. I am for them being held accountable. Because that sort of accountability, I think, is going to make the debate over over the environment and over how we do oil development and how we build pipelines and everything else is going to make it better. Because right now it's bogged down in extremism, and that's unhelpful to anybody. Congressman Kevin Kramer on the show tomorrow. Tune in for that. You can always catch me here 1 to 2 p.m. Monday through Friday or 24 hours a day, seven days a week at say blog.com. I'm Rob Port. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again.